0: Welcome to the podcast, and I am your host, Anna-Michelle Igomo, and this is my safe space where I talk about God, my experiences of walking with Him, and also use His words to encourage and heal others. We are currently on a Bible in the Year challenge where we read through the entire Bible in 365 days, and I don't think you press play by chance, so I do hope that you stay tuned because God wants to talk to you. And this might be just what you need to hear today. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the podcast. Today is day 71 of our Bible in Your Challenge. I'm super excited to have you guys on here today. Um, Like I said um, earlier that we'll be seeing a lot more faces, or should I say we'll be hearing a lot more new voices on this podcast. And today we have an amazing guest. Steve Hint, Hinton, right? I think I got your yes, name right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve, we're super excited to have you on here today.
1: Uh, Michelle, thank you very much. I've been looking forward to this. I love what you're doing. Um, I, I think if people who wear the name Jesus, if they would just read their Bibles on mm. a consistent basis, that would clear up so much. That that would bring so much growth into the life of people. They They wouldn't be constantly dependent upon pastors and missionaries and uh th- th- there would be so much growth that people would just just read the Bible themselves so so I love that <laughs> and I got to tell you I yeah. love the name of your podcast too uh, the yeah. Flaw- yes that, that, that that's great because I am flawed in so many <laughs> ways
0: <laughs> right oh so Steve where are you joining us from today
1: I'm in Houston Texas I'm in Houston Texas uh my wife and uh family have been here about 13 years and I uh pastor, uh vocationally pastor, a, a local church here in the area. And uh, we still are involved in, in missions and um we just love people all around the world.
0: Right. That that that's amazing. So Steve, you are the author of Confessions, Finding Hope Through Ones, Pastor's Doubt. It's yes. such a book, like I haven't gotten through chapter one yet, but I I would say that I was I was I was blown out of my mind. It, it's such an amazing book. Has this amazing perspective. So um, Steve, what really was the inspiration for writing this book?
1: Well, I, I think, Michelle, it, it's something that I did not set out to do. It just, over a, a couple years, it just kind of came together. And I, I think a lot of it was the marriage of, of two things. One would yeah. be just, just questions that people are, are asking. Uh, people are doubting God. They're, they're wondering about life. Um, and then wetting that with my own journey of going through a very dark time and then coming out of that and being able to say to to anyone who would want to read this, especially young men, hey, you have questions. I understand that I've gone through it as well. And oh, by the way, I'm a pastor, um, because mm-hmm. sometimes people think someone like you or me we just don't get it we're on another realm right. by ourselves and yeah. yeah yeah it's not true it's not true
0: <laughs> yeah that, i i think that is that is so deep because um one time in my life when i was i don't know i don't really know what it is about re- depression i think that's probably one of the tools of the enemy to actually put you and keep you in that state like when you mm-hmm. are depressed you really don't seem to trust anyone with your problems you know it just feels like no one would really understand where you're coming from and then you have to deal with it on your own and then you figure out that you really can deal with it on your own and then it starts eating you from the inside out and it just becomes worse um, I think that is that is definitely one thing that that is just sad about the whole situation I've had like some friends um, we've been friends for about like 10 years or more and then I just got to know like recently that they have been going through a lot that they probably, right. yeah, didn't trust me enough to tell me. And then I had to like pry in and then drag it out of them. And then when it came out, I was just, I was just shocked. Like so many people are going through so many things alone. And I feel like the gospel can help with that, can help with um, sharing in other people's burdens. So um, Steve, what what is really your advice, especially for young people? Like Having that kind of problem,
1: right. Well, uh, I would agree with everything you said on two fronts. and 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 again, Michelle, that, that I think you you hit it. that That's a big reason why I wrote that because there are a lot of people uh, in yeah. the world today who have problems, they have doubts, and they don't know where to go. Um, and especially, they're afraid to talk to someone like me because they, they they think I don't get it. Well, well, I do. And and I think you're right about the depression as well. Um, immediately, immediately, I think about the prophet Elijah. Um, he he had this great victory where he prayed and God brought down fire. Um, and then Jezebel, <laughs> Jezebel threatened him. <laughs> And yeah. he, he ran into the wilderness and basically he basically he said, God, I'm done, kill me. Uh, that's a paraphrase. So, and, and maybe in that, maybe in that one reason that we have the word of God, it reveals God to us so we can find the way to salvation uh, through it. But it also historically shows us the people who've, who have gone before us and yeah. their journeys. And, and, and I think people who are asking questions Number one, I would say, okay, that's good. Uh, nowhere does the Bible tell us to not ask questions. I think we can ask the wrong questions with the wrong motive. Uh, but even in, you know, Luke chapter one, uh, Mary Mary didn't understand. And she said, you know, how is this going to be possible? So so I would say, ask your questions and, and ask your questions from people, you know, not, not not just your friend, but go to people who may know and, and, and pray and ask God to give you and them wisdom and, and seek out. Jesus said, you will seek me and find me.
0: So true. Um, so, Steve, moving on further deep into your introduction, um, you have served as a missionary in Russia, probably Kenya as well. You hold two bachelor degrees in both biblical literature and theology and even a master's in practical ministries. I mean, I could go on and on, but I'm just going to let you uh, give us a – a quick summary about um, who you are and your ministry in the church. yes,
1: i uh, I grew up in a, a church family in the northern part of Texas. Uh, but it was about it wasn't until I was about twelve that I that I made a personal decision to to follow Jesus, to give my life to Jesus, to be born again. And it was, Michelle, probably within a month of that, I remember being at at a church service and 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 having this overwhelming sense, that the, that God was saying, Steve, you're going to be doing this someday. I didn't really know what that meant. um, But, you know, I went ahead and went through life. I had some dark alleys that I had to go through, but just various events that just kind of confirmed uh, this is what I needed to do. This is what I would called to do. Um, I've doubted it before, um, but God keeps coming back. I, I met my wife um, at Bible College. She went there one year, and then went over to the state school. She's an amazing woman. She serves as a, a hospital chaplain. Wow. Um, we have we have four children, uh, adult children. Uh, one's married. The other three are not yet. One's uh, works for a church camp. Uh, just just beautiful kids. And and yes, we've been on the northwest side of Houston for about thirteen years. And uh, I love this place. There are people from all over the world in, in Houston. So that's a beautiful thing. Um, and that, that's what we want. We, we want to see people from all over the world, every ethnicity, every race, nation, language, culture uh, come to know Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that, is, that is perfect. Um, okay, so currently we are on our Bible challenge and we're still in the Old Testament still Um, going through the first five books of the Bible. And I must say that it has been a journey. We're currently still in, (laughs) yeah, it has been a journey. We're still in um, Numbers and Deuteronomy and then also um, taking Psalms as well along the side. But there have been like tons of things, you know, like laws and commandments. Yeah, and rituals that sometimes they may seem outdated because like we don't necessarily worship god in that exact same way so um how would you um advise people to kind of read and interpret these parts of the bible especially the first five books and like use that as maybe a guideline to how we worship God today how do you like connect between then and now
1: right well uh, so and, and you mentioned the various laws uh, the book of leviticus for example yeah. uh, the the pri- primary reason that was there was for the nation of israel at that time and the laws and, and rituals were there to help the the israelites understand Uh, what the coming Messiah would be like through his sacrifice. All that to say is uh, some of the things in in the uh, books of uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy uh, contextually applied to the Israelites at that time and may not necessarily apply to you where you're at or me where I'm at. But there are other things that are um, they always apply. Uh, You think of the Ten Commandments. Uh, you know, you should not murder, <laughs> you know, that, that, that applies uh, forever, yeah. uh, you know, everyone. Um, and then you haven't, we, we haven't talked about this, or I haven't heard this uh, yet on your podcast, but going back to the first book, uh, Genesis, um, that, that tells us who we are. And, that, you know, there's so much doubt in the world today. And a lot of that comes back to not knowing who we are. Are we merely Products of evolution, or are we created in the image of God? And that that, that gives us purpose. So uh, yes, I, I I think we do need, and I love you're doing this, to read through the old testament, understanding that that some of it uh, was applicable to, to then and, and some of it not quite, but there's all these principles that apply yep. throughout the ages. And 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 I, you know, you're here talking about Balaam, and I'm thinking, well, we can learn something there. <laughs>
0: right right Um, even being honest like before now i think the old testament books especially these five books were like some parts of the bible that i really wasn't that enthusiastic to mm-hmm. read you know you know like people tell you okay if you're new to the faith um you want to start with john and like yes. the gospel yeah i don't think i've heard anyone kind of advise you to start with genesis for obvious reasons because as, um, those books are um very should i say um detailed and the way they are written it, it's really really easy to get confused and probably mm-hmm. to misinterpret right so i just kind of took it up as a challenge um with this and i had to take the book by the horn pretty much and start from there and i have been learning a lot i have been seeing things in like a different light yes. like um popular stories, you know, like Noah and Abraham that you kind of hear over and over again, but you really don't put much meaning into it. Like now it just seems like it's a whole new story because there's just like so many things we get to uncover mm-hmm. and we get to see and it's just, it has been so beautiful. Like the Old Testament really isn't as distant as we think because it's still the same God, you know, it's, yes. it's still the same God. It, it's pretty much, I feel like it's um, the past repeating itself in a way, because I I always say this, especially since we started with the Israelites, that I do see myself as an Israelite right now, because it's easy to like um, read their stories and just think, oh, these people have been so stubborn. They've been right. so ungrateful. Right. And then you look deep and you're like, no, I'm I- <laughs>
1: that's me. <laughs> that's me. me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. This is me. I have done this numerous times. And It has been so amazing because I just get to see my life through a mirror and just correct the mistakes that I have made. So it has been great so far.
1: I agree with that 100%. Yes, you're you're spot on, Michelle.
0: I I think I'd like to add that for the laws, they may seem really distant, like they may seem random and unnecessary. But like you said, I think the context um, really matters. The timing really matters. Like today in the chapter 24, it was literally talking about divorce. You know, um, if a man kind of just stops, like his wife, he can issue like a certificate of divorce. So it may seem that um, according to the law of Moses in those days, um, divorce was pretty normal or legalized. And then we see in Matthew, that is like further down the road in Matthew chapter 19 verses eight, Jesus kind of says that Moses permitted those things because the people had a hard hat. So they they hardened their hearts. So he, he approved of those laws. And I think that is really important because sometimes when we look at the lives of the Israelites, we have to remember that these were people that were used to slavery. They were mm-hmm. um, taken out of slavery. They were used to brutal lives. They were used to worshiping idols, the Egyptian idols. And now they were moving like to the promised land where people also worship idols. So I think it, it was just like baby steps. I don't know. I think I should put it that way, that God was just trying to take it easy on them and not... Enforcing like the fullness of everything. I don't know if it's right to interpret it that way, but like that's how I see it. What What do you What do you think about that?
1: Well, number one, this is just interesting. Um, I, I I preach uh, normally on Sunday mornings here, and I, I've been doing a study through the book of Matthew. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's actually a tiny section in the sermon that I have tomorrow. That indeed, <laughs> uh, it wasn't so much Moses commanded. He, he and Jesus even said the reason he gave this as an option was because your hearts were hard um yeah. so so that's that that's the answer there I think one thing that maybe trips people up is is they make a division between the old and new Testament uh, and, yeah. and I can see how people do that but in in one very real essence it's not it, it's one continuous divine narrative uh, of God creating us and our fall and then God's redemption. So we have the Old Testament leading up to Jesus. We have Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and and John, the historical narrative of, of Jesus, and then the rest of what we call the New Testament, the history of the first church, and then all the way to the book of Revelation, which we see the end of all things when Jesus Christ comes back. So, so sometimes, Michelle, being able to understand that in, in, in a very real sense, it's, it's all wedded together. In, in the New Old Testament, there there are over 300 prophecies for the, the coming Messiah. And what's interesting, the text you were looking at today, one of those is in Numbers chapter uh, 24 in, in verse 17. Um, so, yeah. so all of these pieces... And, and we may not understand immediately uh, that they all fit together. And and some of the the ones that are really kind of kind of uh, bizarre in our, our mindset from the Old yeah. Testament are our pictures of the the coming Messiah and, and the holiness and 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 being the perfect sacrifice. So all of that was typology. I mean, it was a command, but it was also a typology of what the Messiah would be. And yeah. a lot of the Hebrews didn't get that when Jesus was here because they were wo- looking for a, a military leader. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. trying to change our mind frame to his mind frame.
0: Totally agree. This question I'm about to ask is one that I have been asked a couple of times, um, but I really didn't have like the answer. You know, sometimes you feel like you have it all figured out and then something just pops right up and then you're like, wait, I, I, I didn't get this. So, um, uh, <laughs> You're right. So on our journey, um, it has been like repeated over and over again that the Israelites have to get to a promised land. Right. And then on getting there, they have to take the land through war. They have to wage war against this um, people that had that they, they pretty much leave their lives um, away from God, like live um, in idolatry, practiced evil rituals and sacrifices and all, all of that. And they were commanded. Um, by God to kind of wage war on them and then you see where um, these wars have actually started right and then they are ordered to like kill everyone you know all Mm -hmm. male all female children every single thing and for some people this has been really hard to kind of accept you know because we say that God is good right and God is loving and even in the Ten Commandments um It is stated that you shall not kill, right? Mm -hmm. But then here we see that same God kind of ordering the Israelites to kill. So how would you explain this to someone struggling with the idea of a good God, especially with this kind of examples?
1: Well, you know, that's a very good question. And and again, that's one of the reasons why I I wrote this book is because there are good questions. Um, And in one sense, the answer is complicated. In one sense, the answer is easy. Um, part of it is, yeah. you know, w- w- you're, you're looking at um, Numbers 24 and 25 and Deuteronomy. One, two of the things that came immediately to my mind is God's holiness and God's grace. So mm-hmm. you, you look at that idea and you're right. Well, number one, the, the, the Hebrews were, were supposed to go into the promised land early on, uh, but they, they w- were fearful in Numbers chapter 14 and, and didn't walk by faith. But you're right, they move into these areas, and, and God says to destroy them. Uh, one piece of this, a lot of times people who say they are atheists would say, well, I can't believe in God. How would a God allow this uh, yeah. to occur? Well, yeah. the, the, the first logical thought is not, um, you know, how could God allow this? The, the first logical thought is, if this is true— well, I want to be on God's good side. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it, it, you know yeah, it, it's, it's not an argument to disprove God. Uh, it's just a characteristic about God. Mm. But then you get into the bigger picture. Um, you know, the people in these lands were, were very, very um, unholy, unrighteous. And many of them uh, followed gods where they made human sacrifices, mm-hmm. even sacrificed part of their children. Uh, and the, you're also looking at the sovereignty of God, that, that we only see a fixed point in time. God sees everything. In other words, God knows the people who will, will repent. We all have a free will, but God sees the future, yeah. and he knows how people are going to respond. Uh, so we have a group of people in these various lands who have set their hearts against God. Um, and and they're, they're, they have already condemned themselves by their rebellion. But what's interesting, again, there's no Old and New Testament. It all kind of bleeds together. There's grace. What's interesting, when you walk through these passages, there are times and places um, like Rahab uh, that you saw people, Canaanites and others who said, no, no, this yeah. is the right God. And they made a choice to follow mm-hmm. God. So it, it, throughout this, we, we see God's holiness and God's grace. And same in the New Testament, we see God's holiness and God's grace.
0: Yeah, that, that is so true. I, I, I have been always explaining to people um, who think that, okay, the God in the Old Testament is different, or maybe it's another side of God, or it's another face. I, I, I always kind of explain that to them, that it's still the same God, mm-hmm. um, literally still the same God. And this kind of, part of the Bible kind of brings our mind to the fact that God is loving yeah and he's full of grace and he's full of mercy but he's also the God of justice right he is the God of judgment and right. yeah he's still the same God and so it just kind of brings your mind to the fact that okay right I, I definitely want to be on his good side and also the fact that when you sin or when you move away from him there are consequences yes. to those things yeah, yeah one major part um, I read, I think it was in Numbers. I really can't remember anymore. But it was it was God telling the Israelites that, okay, so you're going to this nation and then you're going to wage war against them. You're going to win. But the reason why you're waging war and you're winning is not because you're righteous. It's not because there's anything special about you. It's because these people are evil and this mm-hmm. people are unholy. And that kind of brings your mind to the fact that Right. If I'm not doing things according to God's laws and God's commandments, there are consequences for those actions that I'm going to face one day, and that that is just one of the major things that we as Christians, especially in the New Age, should um be mindful of because sometimes it's very easy to get carried away by the fact that God is love, and then you know you have Jesus and His grace that you can just plead for forgiveness two seconds and then everything is fine, but I feel like if we were living in those times like. Take for example the times of Sodom and Gomorrah, and you right. had God raining down fire on an entire city. Man, that that was just that would just have been so wild. And I think that's something very important that people should note. Yeah,
1: well, you're right. You're right about the holiness, and uh, you 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 were looking at uh, Numbers 25, and you have Phineas who who just uh, just. Uh, killed. And, and it, the, you know, the, the thing about the Ten Commandments, it, it the, it's actually that the, the real Hebrew is this idea of not murdering instead of not killing. In other words, capital punishment is something we see in the Bible, but it mm-hmm. uh, brought God's wrath down. And part of it is a lot of times people say, well, how could a loving God send someone to hell? And it's, you know, Michelle, it's not so mm-hmm. much that God sends someone, it's God gives us a free will,
0: will. yeah. And,
1: and, and when when humanity makes a choice against God, you know, that, that's the logic. I mean, they, they've already cho- chosen against God, so when their, their physical body dies, you know, their soul lives on, but their soul is, is, is away from God because of the choices they made. Um, yeah. So and, and yeah. we also see God's wrath in the, the New Testament. Uh, in Acts chapter five, you have this couple named Ananias and Sapphira. And this is, the, <laughs> this is yeah, again. this is the baby church. And they they lie to everybody um, and God strikes them down. You know, the best understanding is this was the small church and, and God knew that this would cause you know, if their, if their lie got continued on and they became leaders, th- this would just cause all kinds of, of problems. But yeah, we, we see God's wrath in the Old Testament, New Testament, and we see God's grace in the, the Old Testament as well.
0: That's super spot on, spot on question about cleanliness and uncleanliness you know there are so many things that could make um, someone unclean that is in the times of the israelites so what is the state of cleanliness and uncleanness like what is, what is that about
1: well uh, part of the the original idea was again trying to show the hebrew people the israelites and any, anyone else who would follow the lord that there is the reality of cleanliness and, and I'm not talking about, you know, wash your hands. I'm talking about purity. Yeah. And, yeah. and And see, if we don't understand that, then we don't understand what sin is. And if we don't understand what sin is, we don't understand our need for God's grace. When it comes down to a lot of those dietary laws, mm-hmm. Jesus in, in one occasion, and, and I forgot the scripture right now, uh, you know, your, you and your listeners can look it up, but the text clearly says that, that Jesus made the point that he declared all food clean. And the context was uh, the religious leaders were debating about diet and washing your hands. And, and Jesus mm-hmm. had the point that you know, what you put into your body, well, it comes out of your body. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, the real issue is what comes out of your heart. Um, so you, you can mm-hmm. have this perfect diet and you can have an evil heart as well. So, today, what we find out is that, that God's declared everything clean. Um, so, so the, the, that's, that's a great thing because a lot of us like bacon. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, it's super true. Um, I think one other thing that kind of stands out to me concerning that is the fact that that state of uncleanness and cleanness could literally be caused by anything. You know, it could be caused by what you eat it could be caused by who you touch or where you've been Mm -hmm. but for me it kind of um signified the identity of the Israelites you know like this was God um wanting to make a or wanting to create a more closer relationship with this people that literally had never heard of him before and he was creating them and giving them their new identity you know so many things that were involved in this kind of um, centered around that, that they were supposed to be different from the people that they were going to be surrounded by when they get to the promised land, you know, so how they eat would be different, how they mm-hmm. worship would be different, so it was just giving them that whole sense of a new identity, and I think that is really important for us as Christians as well, that we realize that we have a new identity in Christ, and then, so how we live our lives, how we go about our daily activities, how we think, how we move, and how we speak, should be entirely different from the people around us, you know? And I think that is super important because we're literally surrounded by so many people with different beliefs and different opinions and different morals. And it's really easy to um, let all those things infiltrate you and um, kind of contaminate who you are. So I think that really stands out to me a lot and just reminds me that, so you're a Christian and you follow God, so your life has to be different. Mm-hmm, and your mm-hmm. life has to be marked by these
1: things right uh, Michelle, I think you're you're spot on you, you, you've got it accurately the the Hebrew people were to be different and and a lot of that goes back to the promise of to Abraham that Abraham would trust God and through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob would come this nation, but they were to be different that that has to do with the circumcision that has to do with the dietary laws mm-hmm. and and people would say, okay, why are you different and and they would begin to talk about the Lord. Um, and, and you're right. The, the interesting thing about the ministry of Jesus, one of the things that Jesus talked about the most was the kingdom. Uh, Matthew, he talks about the kingdom of heaven, and in Luke, it's the, the kingdom of God. And it, it's this reality of God's kingdom in here and now. It, it, it's not fulfilled yet. You know, Jesus hasn't mm-hmm. come back, but those who know Jesus can live in a new way. And when we live, with Jesus being our King, no matter where we're at in the world, you know, Jesus is ultimately our King. Then we do live yeah. differently than the world around us. Um, and I think that's another thing too. We've kind of touched on it. You know, the kingdom of God is not something that's uh, driven by one race, one culture. Uh, there, there are people on every continent to different uh, ethnics, nationalities that, that follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's what the big kingdom of heaven is. It, it, it's not just the 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 Hebrews, the physical descendants of Abraham. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's those who have the faith descendant of Abraham, regardless of where they live uh, and, and what their situation is.
0: Yeah, that, that is really true. We are like the new Israelites and yes. And as much as we don't necessarily do everything like they did in those days, the same um, concept pretty much applies to us now. And then you, you move on to um, how we live as Christians, how we um, kind of protect our beliefs and our morals. Like I said earlier, that there are so many things that when they get into our hearts and into our minds can kind of contaminate our beliefs and our thoughts. So how do we um, remind ourselves constantly of who we are and who God is and what exactly we're doing here on earth? How do we not forget mm-hmm. the important things that makes us Christians?
1: Well, there, there are a few things that, that we can do. Uh, one is doing exactly what you're doing now, uh, having more time in the Word of God. The uh, the, yeah. the more that we read the the Bible, the more that we read what Jesus taught, what the the Holy Spirit taught through the apostles, that begins to permeate our thinking. And when we see something in the world that's, that's off, we, we can say, okay, this is contradicting uh, the Bible. Therefore, there's, there's something amiss here. Uh, so being in the Bible on a very, very consistent basis, e- e- even when it's not fun, uh, you know, having the discipline. A, a second thing would, would be being with the people of God. Um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of times people uh, go to church when it's convenient for them or, or what they're going to get out of it. Well, the mm-hmm. truth is we need each other. And the author of Hebrews even says, don't forsake the assembly of believers. So, you know, being with the people who encourage us and we encourage them. And then I think also paying attention to how much of the message of the world do we allow in. Um, I You know, I got to be honest. I, I, I blew <laughs> about 30 minutes of my morning today when I was getting all hot and bothered and stressed out about politics. And I had to remind myself, <laughs> you know, that, that ultimately yeah. God is sovereign. Um, so, you know, what are we listening to? Who are we with? Uh, that's a big determination as to what our mindset is and our emotions are and how we're living.
0: Yeah, definitely true. Uh, I feel like I, I kind of um noticed this part in, in my life, you know, like the times where you have those anxious thoughts and those thoughts that kind of keeps you worrying in the dead of night. And especially the times where I knew like there was kind of a an attack on my emotional health. Mm-hmm. Those times were times where I was really far from God and the things of God you know I, I kind of skipped reading my Bible because I was too busy with assignments and schoolwork um, I kind of listened to other musics because I really didn't feel like listening to a gospel you mm-hmm. know those times were really characterized by such things and I when I rea- realized that it was really easy for me to um, dress up and kind of um, take more precautions you know and it's really really important especially I think God's word is just like number one I think that's that is like the summary of everything you know no, to guard your heart, to, to guard your mind, to guard your faith, you cannot do without God's Word. That is essentially our weapon because mm-hmm, it kind mm-hmm. of reminds you every single time of God's promises and where you're headed. And so you don't just get lost in this world thinking this is where everything ends. Well,
1: King David um, in the Psalms talked about the fact that um, your Word is, is the, the, the light of my path. Um, you know, your word directs me and guides me. And uh, the Holy Spirit speaks through the written word to our hearts. Uh, so you're right. I, I, I love everything you're saying there, Michelle.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Um, I, One other thing I also noticed while we've been reading is, is the fact that God seems to be really physically present um, during those times. You know, like you have God um, coming down on the mountain, for example, to the Israelites. And then you have like fire and then you have like thunder. Right. And then you have God. Um, kind of performing this amazing miracles. Um, you have, like, the dividing of the Red Sea. You have the earth um, opening up in two and then swallowing some people that, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that spoke against Moses. You have all those physical, really hardcore evidence of God's supremacy and, like, authority. But then when you bring that now to our times, I don't know, I feel like God still speaks and God still performs miracles. But uh, it's... It, it, compared to what I think you understand what I'm saying, compared to those times, it just feels like we're falling short. And sometimes it feels like, um, are we doing something wrong? Like, is there a reason why God really isn't that physically um, present in our times again? And that has been um, a very bogging question in my mind. I don't know. What, what do you have to say about this?
1: Well, it's a good question. Um, a couple of quick answers. Uh, would be uh, how do we know uh, you know the, the the you know an accident that I could have been in on the highway was that God or was that just coincidence and and how do we know with the the catastrophes around the world uh, and and then when we're thinking about uh, mm-hmm. two four thousand five thousand years ago when these when a lot of this was recorded it it does it, it tells us the big event you know Elijah called down fire. But yeah. it doesn't tell us day in, day out, day in, day out. You know, that's what faith is. It's just doing day in and day out with, without the big miracles. So we don't know many, how many days that, that passed by in the Old Testament. And, yeah. and then I think as well, I think the goal, Michelle, uh, Jesus said that he is the vine, we are the branches. And it's that's the difference between the Hebrew nation. You know, they were a nation uh it was a nationality uh they had to go through moses they had to go through the priest whereas in christianity we are a spiritual nation and every single one of us the closer we get to god he's promised to come close to us so we have this ability to abide in christ on a regular basis that uh, the the hebrews didn't have Mm
0: -hmm. yeah definitely true I think it's really important. I I think it's also something I'm learning as well. It's really important not to focus too much on the miracle as to focus it on God. You know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. yeah, when you focus too much on all those um, amazing miracles, you might tend to lose your weight and lose exactly what it is that is important. I feel like God still works in our time. God still speaks and he still actually performs miracles in the lives of his children. And it's just important to follow him. Right. And follow his word and his instructions. And then every other thing would follow and just add up with time.
1: Well, and and another angle on this is if we have a faith that is based on miracles, it's really kind of a a weak faith because we have to have more. We have to have more. And as we're talking through the nation of Israel coming out of Egypt and going to the promised land, they experienced a whole lot of (laughs) miracles. Uh, But they rebelled anyway. So so just having a miracle in and of itself, that in and of itself doesn't always produce faith. And if we have a faith that is contingent upon seeing a miracle, it's kind of weak because we need to see more and more and more. Whereas if we can walk by just trusting God, that's actually a more mature faith.
0: Yeah, definitely. Totally true. Um, This discussion has been so amazing and so enlightening for me. I'm pretty sure it's also been amazing for our listeners listening from wherever. Just to conclude, going down to your book, because I would definitely be recommending it to a lot of people. It has just been amazing. What is the thing that you'd love people to um take or to highlight from the book?
1: I think this, Michelle, It it, it doesn't matter who you are where you've been or what you've done uh, there's still hope in jesus and there there is a light at the end of the tunnel um uh people have have been through the dark times and come out the end and and you can too there is hope in jesus christ no matter what
0: perfect there is hope there is always hope that hope is what keeps us going you know regardless of the numerous bad news we are always met with every day we have hope that we're going to um, head to a place that Everything is fine and everything is perfect. So thank you once again, um, Steve, for joining us today. Um, I'm super glad that you could make it. This has been such an amazing discussion.
1: Michelle, thank you. It's, it's been fun. It's been a form- informative. And I, I I hope it's been an encouragement to to uh to your listeners
0: yeah definitely so guys for the book if you want to order i'll be linking it in in the description box so hopefully you guys get to order and also gain this amazing experience from his book once again it's titled confessions finding hope through one pastor's doubt and i hope you have a good read so with that i will bring this episode to an end um i hope you guys have Learned a lot, as I have. We'll still be continuing on our journey. There are still so many, so many more things that we could learn from the Old Testament. And um, God, hopefully God sees us through all of that. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have an amazing day.